The Truth and Love Ministry is pleased to present Truth and Love Radio with former Muslim and now Christian pastor Sharam Hadian. Sharam is from Iran and is now a proud U.S. citizen living in Washington State. In addition to being a pastor and conference speaker, he is also the host of the weekly television program Till TV. And now, here is your host, Sharam Hadian. Well, this is Pastor Sharam Hadian, and I'm so glad that you can join us today on Truth and Love Radio. We are in part four of our series that we've been doing uh, titled The Ongoing Islamization of America, how we are seeing uh, the Muslim community, and particularly the Muslim Brotherhood, going hyper-political, hyper-political. And on part three, folks, I introduced to you a very important document that we need to actually restore once again in our nation. Um, and I'm not talking about the Constitution uh, uh, or the Bible. Those are both very, very important and critical. I'm talking about for the sake of counterterrorism and understanding the Islamic threat that we face. And the document is titled The Explanatory Memorandum, uh, The Strategic Goal of the Muslim Brotherhood for North America. And as I explained to you on the show last time, the document was found, found uh, in a raid of, of a home of a senior member of the Muslim Brotherhood in 2004. In the, in the basement, they find a sub-basement with 80 boxes of documents. Among those documents, they find this document called the Explanatory Memorandum, which was actually uh, written uh, in 1991, giving the, uh, the uh, actual plan purposes uh, and groups of the Muslim Brotherhood. What we discover in this document is that, again, almost the, the, the majority uh, of the Muslim groups, very active groups in America, both educationally, politically, uh, in the media sphere, outreach to churches, uh, you name it, legislatively, you name it, all of those groups are indeed the majority, are indeed Muslim Brotherhood groups, including the majority of the mosques that are in America, are owned by the Muslim Brotherhood. So this is the number one entity that we're dealing with here in the United States and uh, around the world as far as the, the global Islamic movement. So, as I mentioned, the document was used to prosecute some senior members of the Brotherhood because it was discovered that they were funneling money through a fake charity called the Holy Land Foundation over to Hamas. That's a federal crime. Five members of the Brotherhood were indicted, sent to prison. The The explanatory memorandum gave the list of, of the majority of the front groups of the Muslim Brotherhood with some well-known groups like CARE and, the, and ISNA and ICNA and the Muslim Student Association, North American Islamic Trust, the Muslim uh, American Youth um, Movement, uh, IAP, which again, as I said, was basically uh, is what Hamas became because the Brotherhood started Hamas in 1987. Um, and um, we have also, let me, let me give you here, uh, where is it? Where is it here? I'm just looking for the Association of Muslim Scientists, the Medical Association, the Teaching Association. This is the full gamut, folks. This was the jackpot. This they hit pay dirt as for, I'm talking about law enforcement as far as discovering the blueprint of the enemy. So you think that we should be using this blueprint to dismantle the enemy? Well, guess what? That's what they were about to do until, as I mentioned last show, Barack Hussein Obama became president. Eric Holder became the head of the Justice Department. Robert Mueller was in the FBI. And not only did they 
shut down Obama orders Holder to shut down the the the, the Holy Land Foundation trial. All of these co-conspirators, these groups that I mentioned that were about to be indicted, become unindicted co-conspirators, enough evidence to, to prosecute them, but the order is given to shut down the trial. The evidence is basically buried, and it goes away. And not only does it go away, then Robert Mueller, the FBI director, allows the same groups that were, that, that were just about to be indicted to give, be given access to the, to the most classified uh, counterterrorism uh, information and training materials that we have in our arsenal in the United States. Now, we know this because a, a, a colleague and, and, a, and a patriot, uh, Phil Haney, who was um, worked at the uh, uh, Department of Homeland Security, uh, and he was ousted by the Obama administration and the Justice Department because of the fact that he would not uh, destroy evidence that was linking certain mosques to the Islamic movement. And specifically, he had information that uh, he believed would have stopped the uh, San Bernardino attacks. Remember the two, the, the husband-wife team, uh, uh, Farouk and Tashfin Malik? Uh, you know, he had this evidence. It was shut down. Anyway, long story short, he's ousted. So he becomes a whistleblower. And he describes what's called as the first purge. So the first purge happens within our training materials in 2009. This is where I left off last time. And then I, I want to explain to you the, some of the other operational things within this document of the Muslim Brotherhood and the term jihad. Okay, here we go. So uh, after 9-11, right? Remember, 19 hijackers, all, Islam, all Muslim, all from Islamic countries, uh, predominantly Saudi Arabia, attack. Uh, the United States killing over 3,000 people. Uh, the 9-11 Commission report comes out with their, their um, basically their, their report on what is the motivation of these hijackers, what was the reason, why did they do what they do. And the term violent extremism, so hang on to that term, the term violent extremism is only used three times. So that's not given as the main motivation. The term jihad in this report is used 126 times. So it's a major motivation for why they did what they did. Okay, got it? So the 9-11 commission uh, that was done under Bush, uh, President, the, the second Bush, uh, tells us that jihad is a major motivating factor for, for, for the attack on 9-11. Okay, well, guess what? That's Islamic, right? Okay, now, the, the word Muslim is used 145 times in the 9-11 Commission report. So that's significant. This was uh, uh, motivation, jihad. Jihad is tied to being a Muslim. Uh, and the next word, the word Islam, is used 322 times in the 9-11 Commission report. Okay? 322 times. So... Is Islam a factor in 9-11? Yes, according to the 9-11 Commission report, it is the main factor. Islam, its ideology of jihad, was the main factor for these people doing what they did. In fact, the Muslim Brotherhood itself was mentioned five times in the report tied to uh, the potential for uh, 9-11. Okay? You got it? Now... Here we go. Something specific happens. Okay? 
when this purge begins in 2009 under Barack Hussein Obama, who, as I said on the last show, is a traitor to this nation and is a Muslim, without doubt, the very people... Okay, you, you got to let this sink in. I, I, I'm not. Try, I'm not trying to beat a dead horse here, folks. The, the you know, as sometimes as Christians, I, I don't know. We, we, we don't. We don't sometimes want to hear things because maybe it's too hard to hear. We don't want to go there because you know we just want to be in denial. I don't know. But we got to understand what has happened to our nation. The very people that were on trial and about to be indicted, the groups like Care and Isna and Ikna. The very same people were then allowed by the Mueller FBI and the Obama administration and the Holder Justice Department to go in and be given access to the FBI counterterrorism lexicon, the National Intelligence Strategy uh, uh, documentation. The, uh, they were given access to DOD materials, FBI materials, Homeland Security materials, training materials, PowerPoints, uh, uh course uh, curriculum anything and everything and they went through and they did what's called what phil haney describes as the purge that means they removed terminology uh language and source materials remember sourced materials this was all sourced back to Islamic text and Islamic doctrine. Remember the motivation, according to the 9-11 Commission report, was Islam, jihad. So here are the numbers. Here are the numbers. And I wish you could see this. I, I present this in my, in my PowerPoint when I present in person, and, and, and it's just, I think it's breathtaking in, in a very sick way. So now, remember I told you that the word violent extremism was only used three times in the 9-11 Commission report? Well, now... In the FBI counterterrorism lexicon, it's used 29 times. So you start seeing a shifting towards not Islam or jihad being a motivating factor, but this new term called violent extremism. Well, what does that mean, violent extremism? Well, the, the notion is, oh, well, every religion has, has violent extremists, and so therefore we just have to be able to understand. Well, I'm sorry, did you see, did you see uh, a re real Christians... Uh, who who are are following the Bible, going and 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 flying planes into a building, and, and don't give me the Timothy McVeigh, uh, you know, Oklahoma City. Uh, he's not a Christian. And, and you go, well, Sharam, isn't that the same argument for Islam? No, because there's nowhere in Scripture that he could support that gives him the authority to do what he's doing. There's nowhere in Scripture that the the Bible says. Hey, if you think you're a Christian, go blow up a building and kill a bunch of people. Yet there is numerous examples within Islamic texts where Muhammad fights against non-Muslims and kills them in different manners from crucifixion to burning to beheadings, uh, uh, you name it, uh, throwing off high places. So, so what, if they're carrying out jihad and warring and, and literally killing, it's because their prophet did it. So it was Islamic. Well... Now it's violent extremism. Now watch. Now listen to this. Remember how the word jihad was used 126 times? It's now used in the FBI counterterrorism lexicon zero times. Zero. Remember how the word Muslim was used 145 times? 145 times in the 9/11 Commission report. It's now used in the FBI counterterrorism lexicon zero times. 
Remember how the word Islam was used 322 times in the 9-11 Commission report as a motivating factor? It's now used in the FBI counterterrorism lexicon zero times. So while the Muslim Brotherhood is going hyper-political, they have completely dumbed down our uh, national security apparatus. That's why when we see these jihadi attacks on American soil, like Fort Hood or the guy that mows people down with the Home Depot truck or somebody that blows himself up or, or uh, the Sarnayev brothers or the, the Pulse nightclub where he shoots 40, kills 49 people every single time or, or San Bernardino, as I already mentioned, every single time we go, oh, you know what, our, 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 the, these buffoon of elected officials come out and say it had nothing to do with Islam, right? We hear that over and over again. It has nothing to do with Islam. That's why, as I said on the last program, I'm going to do some shows on H.R. McMaster because that's the very same thing he's saying as a national security advisor uh, about these attacks. It has nothing to do with Islam. And, and we shouldn't use the term radical Islamic terrorism because it's, it's irreligious. You know, these terrorists are irreligious. Nonsense. Because when they're shouting, Allah Akbar, they're killing Americans, they're killing Europeans, they're being religious. So the FBI counterterrorism lexicon, by the way, the, the word Muslim Brotherhood or the term Muslim Brotherhood was used five times. Excuse me. In the 9-11 Commission report, it's used zero times in the FBI counterterrorism lexicon. Okay, well, what about the National Intelligence Strategy of 2009? Maybe that's a little better. Nope. The word jihad used zero times. The, used Muslim, the word Muslim used zero times. The word Islam used zero times. What about... Um, the National Intelligence Strategy of 2014, did it get any better? Nope. Same thing. Zero, 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 zero. All of those terms were completely scrubbed. A complete purging of every Islamic term and Islamic resource that was in our counterterrorism apparatus. By the way, the, the White House introduces in 2014 a strategic plan to prevent violent extremism. Oh, there's that word again. And now in their report, it's not Islam or jihad or Muslims. It's violent extremism. The term is used now 88 times to define what is going on. And in that report, they report that report that the White House put out under Obama says that the greatest threat of violent extremism is going to come from right-wing white groups, white supremacy groups, and so forth and so on. Because, you know, that's what we see every day, right? We see white supremacists yelling, you know, uh, Jehovah Akbar as they're killing Americans, right? Wrong. Folks, this is an Islamic problem, and we don't know how to deal with it. Now, Sharam, what does this have to do with the explanatory memorandum? Okay, as I just said, they purged everything. Phil Haney describes it as the 2009 purge. And by the way, in 2011 and 12, they then decide that they have to purge subject matter experts. They've already gotten rid of all the materials. Now they got to purge the experts because these are experts who have the information in their head. The likes of John Guandalo, the likes of Phil Haney, the likes of others who are either demoted or, or pushed out of our national security apparatus, the FBI, the Department of Homeland Security, because they knew too much and they wouldn't be quiet and they wouldn't 
you know, shut their mouths and go quietly in the night and play along with the nonsense of this of, of the Obama administration. It is a disaster. That is why we cannot recognize an Islamic threat to our nation if it hit us in the face. We have to call it everything else but an Islamic threat or, 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 or attack. And part of what was purged, folks, remember I said the explanatory memorandum was the jackpot of jackpots. You had a document that identified your enemy. You had a document that identifies every part of their plan, their blueprint, all their groups. And this document was part of that purge. The same groups that are listed in this document, the same groups that say we want to sabotage, right? Remember the mission statement that I read for you on the last show? Let me let me refresh your memory. That we want to what? We want to, let me get to it here. We want to sabotage its miserable house by their hands and the hands of the believers so that it is eliminated and Allah's religion is made victorious over all other religions. The same groups that their mission statement is to eliminate and destroy our Western civilization and sabotage our house that they call miserable by our stupid hands, by our foolish hands. The same groups are allowed to go in and purge everything. That's why I came up with the expression instead of saying the fox is in the hen the sorry instead of saying the fox is in the hen house, the expression should be the fox has completely redecorated the hen house and prepared the hen house for takeover. That's what's happened. So no longer is the explanatory memorandum anywhere to be found in counterterrorism training. That's why when I do counterterrorism training for various agencies, when I get the opportunity, like the, like the FBI, like uh, Homeland Security, like uh, Secret Service, the, the DOD, the military apparatus, when I do training, local sheriff's department, when I do training, folks, they... These are these. Remember, these are folks in counterterrorism. I work with the Joint Terrorism Task Force. Uh, I work with the fusion centers. When I do tr- when I do training for some of these individuals, they have never heard of the explanatory memorandum. I'm not talking about your average cop on the street. I'm talking about folks that are supposed to be in the know in counterterrorism. Joint Terrorism Task Force. They've never heard of the explanatory memorandum. They don't know. Why don't they know? Now you know the answer. Because it was all purged by the very enemy that wants to destroy us. Isn't that nuts? Isn't that crazy? This is how far down the road we are. And I was so hopeful under President Trump because he had said on the campaign trail that he was going to label the Muslim Brotherhood as a terrorist organization. He was willing to sign legislation by Senator Ted Cruz that would have labeled the Muslim Brotherhood as a terrorist organization. He should have directed Jeff Sessions of the Department of Justice to label the Muslim Brotherhood as a terrorist organization. He should have directed Jeff Sessions to reopen the Holy Land Foundation trial and re-prosecute those unindicted co-conspirators like Karen, Isna, and Ikna. Folks, if this ever happened, it would dismantle their operation and it would give this nation a breath of life from the Islamic threat that we face, the takeover that we face like Europe is going through. But guess what? He hasn't done it. 
He's broken this promise as far as I'm concerned. And where President Trump deserves credit, I will give him credit. And where he deserves criticism, we need to criticize. And the, and the hiring of H.R. McMaster as National Security Advisor, in my opinion, was his worst, worst hiring. And I pray to God often that President Trump would wake up and fire this traitor, McMaster, this Obama holdover, this deep state holdover. There's a great article that I'm going to cover in future shows that came out by Gatestone on McMaster. Great article. Lots of information. These guys are not incompetent. McMaster is not incompetent about the Islamic threat. They are complicit in protecting Islam. Money, power, position. Maybe they're converts like John Brennan. Who knows? Maybe all of the above. But folks, this is what is happening. Now, I promised you in the last program that when we were talking about when the Muslim Brotherhood says in their mission statement on page 7 uh, of their document, the explanatory memorandum, it says here, without this level of understanding, talking about you know what we just read, sabotaging the, our miserable house and so forth and so on, Without this level of understanding, we are not up to, talking about Muslims, they're not up to this challenge and have not prepared ourselves for jihad yet. It is a Muslim's destiny to perform jihad and work wherever he is and wherever he lands until the final hour comes. Now, I want to help you understand that final hour. This is something that I wish more Christians understood. As believers, we have to understand the tactics of the enemy and the strategy the enemy is using. Just as the Bible gives us eschatology, just as the Bible gives us an end-time scenario, prophecy about what is going to happen in the last days, so does Islam have that uh, eschatology, not the same eschatology, but they also have a worldview. So here is the worldview. The, The word jihad, and I'm reading directly out of the Reliance of the Traveler, which is the classic manual of Islamic sacred law. So this is the manual of Sharia law. You understand? This is the go-to book of, of a compilation of Islamic case law. In this manual, in section 09.0, it defines the word jihad. It gives you the Islamically held view of the word jihad. And here's what it says. Jihad means to war against non-Muslims and is etymologically derived from the word mujahada, signifying warfare to establish the religion. What religion? Islam. Signifying what? Warfare. How do we know this is literal warfare and not spiritual warfare, as some claim, like Mr. Obama? Because we know that the fighting is prescribed for them according to the Quran, Surah 2-2-1-16, Surah 2-2-1-16, fighting is prescribed for you, Surah 4-89, slay them wherever you find them. Remember, who are they warring against according to definition? Non-Muslims. Muslims are the war against non-Muslims. Surah 9-36, fight the idolaters utterly. Muhammad says in the Hadith, 
uh, Sahih Bukhari that I have been commanded to fight people until they testify that there is no God but Allah and that the Muhammad and that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah uh, and perform the prayer and pay zakat. So he ha- he's supposed to fight non-Muslims until they either convert or they must be subjugated or killed. So we know this is literal. Now, here is the part that uh, uh, fits in with what the explanatory memorandum said about the final hour. Okay, this is what I'm trying to explain to you. The final hour of when jihad, this warring against non-Muslims ends, is when Jesus comes back. You go, what? Yes, but not the Jesus of the Bible, the Jesus of Islam. The false Jesus of the Quran, whose name is Esau. When Esau comes back according to Islam, that's when the final hour is accomplished. This is we're told this in Sahih Bukhari, um, when Muhammad said the final hour would not come until the son of Maryam descends among you as a just ruler. He's talking about the prophet Jesus, not the God of the Bible, not the son of God, not the one who died on the cross and was raised from the dead as we believe as Christians. No, no, no. This is the prophet Jesus who was simply a prophet. Here's what it says. It says that uh, the Muslims must fight the non-Muslims. That's the objective of jihad until they pay either the non-Muslim poll tax or be subjugated. Okay. Um, the time and place for which is before this this subjugation is before the final descent of Jesus. So until Jesus comes back, fight the non-Muslims, either convert them or subjugate them as second-class citizens, and if they won't, you kill them. Now, watch this. After his final coming, section O, by the way, this is section O9.5 of the Reliance of the Traveler. After his final coming, nothing but Islam will be accepted from them. So when Jesus comes back, he's going to establish Islam on the whole planet according to uh, the Sharia law manual. Uh, For taking the poll tax is only effective until Jesus' descent, which is is the divinely, okay, which is the divinely revealed law of Muhammad. The coming of Jesus does not entail a separate divinely revealed law, for he will rule by the law of Muhammad. Did you get that? He will rule by the law of Muhammad. Uh, Muhammad said, I am the last. There will be no prophet after me. This does not contradict, according to this, the manual, the final coming of Jesus, since he will not rule according to the evangel or the gospel, but as a follower of our uh, prophet. So Jesus comes back as a follower of Muhammad to rule by the Sharia and to establish Islam upon the whole world. That's when jihad will end. That's when the 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 the, the uh, strategic plan of the Muslim Brotherhood will end. The Muslim Brotherhood strategy to establish the caliphate isn't just in America or North America. It's for the entire globe, and their goal is to wage jihad, keep going, keep going, keep going until the false Jesus comes back. Tell me this is not demonic. Tell me this is not evil. Tell me this is not the Antichrist spirit, Islam. Maybe it's not the Antichrist, but certainly it is an Antichrist spirit. And the explanatory memorandum spells out they're going to wage jihad until that final hour. This is not just political motivation, church. This is spiritual demonic motivation. 
because we know it is an antichrist spirit. Now, on, on part five of the program, I will go more into detail of the explanatory memorandum and specifically lay out for you how they are establishing their political network here in America in order to take over this nation and go to the upper house. Folks, you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Again, God help us. Please pray. Pray, pray, pray. We need to listen to the Spirit, vote, be, be vigilant, pray on our knees, repent, and, and, and pray to God that he will preserve our, our, our nation or at least at the minimum preserve the church. God bless you. We'll see you on the program next time. Thank you for listening to Truth in Love Radio with Pastor Sharam Hadian. You can visit our website, order DVDs, subscribe to our podcast, or support the ministry at www.tilproject.com. Please join us next time for another installment of Truth in Love Radio.